0: now david fiorazzo
1: good morning brothers and sisters in christ welcome to stand up for the truth thank you so much for tuning in we appreciate you a uh, special guest today so i want to get right to it father in heaven we ask for your wisdom this hour and lead us by your holy spirit as we always ask you to do lord but we need discernment for these times that we're living in and we pray in jesus name that you would lead not only today in our conversation here and you would in- encourage people that need encouragement and in- and strengthen their faith in the name of Jesus. Help us to speak truth about what's going on, and help us to share the gospel whenever we have an opportunity. So many people, even in the church, are struggling with fear and anxiety, Lord. And help us to cast our cares over on you, trusting you in all things, knowing that you are in control and sovereign over all things. We thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus' and your promised return. We are looking forward to that day. We love you, and we pray for daily bread and strength for the day. We praise you for your protection and your provision. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, before we get into the main topic today, the coronavirus, I want to talk about a quote from today's guest. Uh, She writes, God doesn't shake the entire globe very often. He did during the time of Noah and at the Tower of Babel. Uh, There was a terrible plague in the 1300s and a pandemic in 1918. Two world wars took a stunning toll. But now an unseen enemy, a virus no less, has created fear-driven chaos and some unknown factors are causing people to embrace a worst-case outlook for the world. At this time, we don't know how it's going to play out. It certainly has apocalyptic implications Jan Markell is founder, president, and host of Understanding the Times. She's written many, many books, produced DVDs, and incorporated Olive Tree Ministries in 1982. Jan, we hear you every Saturday, but welcome to Stand Up for the Truth again.
2: Well, thank you for having me, David.
1: You're very welcome. We appreciate you uh, just being with us today. And we want to start, before we get into the coronavirus chaos, you were in Nashville very end of February for uh, NRB the uh, National Religious Broadcasters, and you spoke at an event sponsored by Lori Cardoza-Moore and PJTN, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, and you talked about the sad reality that millions in the Evangelical Church have been duped into really siding with the Palestinians over the people of Israel. I think before we get into all these other topics we wanted to discuss today, I wanted you just to share your heart about that.
2: Well, what I shared there, and I had just a few minutes to do so, was that... um, When I started in ministry now 40 years ago, (laughs) the climate in the church was just absolute opposite of what it is today. It was uh, eager to hear news and information, current events, how it ties to the Bible, how it ties to Bible prophecy. The church was eager to hear about uh, the incredible miracle that happened in 1948, the rebirth of the nation of Israel, the greatest miracle not of the 20th century but of all time. And God said it would happen, and it happened. And the church was just—it was kind of just a different, a different mood in the Western world at that time. And I think, frankly, Hal Lindsey's late great Planet Earth in the 1970s uh, electrified and millions of believers, and and helped them understand the end-time plan. Uh, Hal told me that his his goal. When he wrote that, I think he wrote it maybe in 1969, I think it came out in 70. His goal was to make the complex simple. And he did that. And I think it was a God ordained thing. And suddenly the end time panorama was made a lot easier to understand because of that book. And interest caught on in in the Western church because of Hal's book. And, And there were others who preceded him. There was. John Walvoord, Dwight Pentecost, and others who were writing, teaching in those earlier days. Um, (laughs) So I just had an open door. But then, as I said in my very short talk, I would say um, about—it's hard to put a date on it, but I think the church growth movement that started, heavily thanks to Rick Warren and and Bill Hybels Mm and— And even um, to some degree, Leith Anderson and the National Association of Evangelicals um, began to kind of dumb the Church down, certainly in the late 90s and the early 2000s. But anyway, what I noticed is that by the 90s, things were changing, and certainly by the late 90s, early 2000s, the Church suddenly switched, became interested in social justice, which is now a train out of control, social justice, And and because of the passion for social justice some 20, 25 years ago, the emphasis when it comes to end times, and particularly when it comes to Israel, the emphasis became, let's take our focus off off of the miracle of the rebirth of Israel and put it on the poor, persecuted, downtrodden, beaten up Palestinians, beaten (laughs) up, of course, by the Israelis, none of which is true, all of it's a lie. Uh, And so it's come full circle since when I started in ministry to to the present, and that's one of the things I shared at this opportunity I had in Nashville.
1: Um, Jan, would you please take it a step further and help us connect the dots between the church growth movement, which was massive in America, and we understand how man would want to build bigger buildings and just attract numbers, and for... For money, for income, for tithes—not to say that that's their only uh, priority—but uh, you know, when you build churches and start taking over a business model and look more like a corporation than the body of Christ, you know that says a lot. But make that connection between that church movement and the distortion, the lies, the deception of the Palestinians versus the people of Israel. We, I understand in America the church growth movement, but I don't think a lot of our listeners can connect that. Why would that? transition into a, maybe a disdain for the Jewish people, or buying into these lies?
2: I don't know that I can answer that, David. I think it's a good question. I mean, I, is this something that happened in the heavenlies? I mean, I don't mean that a God. that's a God thing, That <laughs> it certainly wasn't. I just know that the Bible says, the Bible talks more about an end time falling away than almost anything else. and We've got the verses and. First Timothy, <laughs> First Timothy, Second Timothy, we, they're just legions of verses. Jesus Himself uh, talks about uh, there's gonna be, uh, fo- um, um, going to be going the 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 wolves devouring the flock, in other words. Mm-hmm. And 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 for some reason, it's like um, some sort of a a fog came over the church at the about the same time that this church growth movement was starting. Again, this would have been. 90s, early 2000s, about the same time this this started, a bunch of, I'm just going to call it lies, swept into the Church. Um, we had the whole global warming nonsense move into the Church in the 90s and the early 2000s. Don't evangelical pastors know that God controls the climate, not man? and you've got you can go to the website of the National Association of Evangelicals and you'll see global warming starting that was that started 20 25 years ago that became their passion and and you know what does that have to do with soul winning so so i just think there was a mm. collective i i think it was an end time phenomenon that began i'm going to say 20 years ago mm-hmm. And it's a delusion that came upon the church and, and many once solid churches that once believed the truth swallowed a pack of lies. Social justice moved in. The the passion for that there can be no poverty, even though the Bible says we're always going to have the poor. But these organizations, including Rick Warren, are determined to wipe out poverty. You can't do it. It's a broken planet. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and so I've watched this decline for over 35 years now, and it's heartbreaking because my background is in a, a church that focused on strictly soul winning. And, and the church I grew up in said, you know, watch out, this is all going to change. Well, I didn't know I'd live to see the changes that I'm seeing now.
1: Yes, I mean, we lost our focus on discipleship and e- evangelicalism yes. as we uh, spread the gospel, uh, evangelism. Um, before we go on, Jan, any other takeaways from NRB? Uh, were, you, were you there to uh, uh, attend other uh, you know, meetings or conferences?
2: Um, here is, I think, my main takeaway, and, and, and this might sound a little bit strange, but as I flew out of Nashville on February the 27th, about two days later, and it was a beautiful day, and people were happy, and the convention was over. It was much less in attendance this year for reasons that aren't important, but it was a lovely day. Two days later, Nashville was wiped out, and That's many right. people lost their lives. Mm. And I think that was a reminder, and I keep telling my radio audience, look, folks, your your life could hit a tornado tomorrow. And it was a reminder to me that things seem sort of in control and we're sort of enjoying life at not right now at the moment however but and that was also about the last kind of freedom we had was the end of february um and suddenly well because we're on a broken planet this tornado moved in and parts of nashville were wiped out and lives lost so Mm. you know come to faith in jesus christ now nobody has promised it tomorrow
1: Going on to some good news before we get into the other epidemic, the pandemic of the coronavirus. Um, a lot of headlines uh, we might be surprising, but I guess for most of us, we've been hoping for something like this. Uh, you, I think, shared an article under your headlines that um, Americans think God is sending a serious message with coronavirus. And another headline says Google searches for mm-hmm. prayer skyrocket during this right coronavirus outbreak. These are good things. More people are looking for answers because the world doesn't have any. The government doesn't have any. They see the state of the economy. Things are shut down around them. So I praise God for this. What is your overall take on some of the good things that are happening before we get into the other uh, topics?
2: Yeah, well, you know, Rahm Emanuel can say that um, the Democrats never let a crisis go to waste. (laughs) Quite frankly, God never lets a crisis go to waste. Amen. And he is going to make create good out of the most awful circumstances, and we're in them right now. But yeah, people, I, I, I read an email on on air. I'm not sure if it was maybe it's, it's this coming weekend. <clears throat> I have Michelle Bachman on the next two weekends, and I read an email of a gentleman in Washington State who, and he's retired and he's full time witnessing and wherever the opportunity. Uh, develops, and, and he's faced closed doors, in some cases literally, and and uh, his neighbor, who blew him off when he was sharing his faith in the last couple of years, uh, in the last week, pounded on his door, pounded on his door, and uh, when Joe opened the door, the neighbor said, Joe, what on earth is going on? Tell me, what is happening? Wow. Joe finally said, come in, let me open a Bible and share share what's happening. So God's wow. going to seize the moment, and I think this is one of the reasons these catastrophes happen is it's the only way to get the attention of hard-hearted people
1: mm. and you what you just described really is romans 828 yeah. God causes all things now this is for believers in Christ let's to be sure God causes all things to work together for good to those who who love him and are called according to his purposes, but it, he doesn't cause things to work together for good necessarily for those who have not received him, for the evildoers and others, but they certainly will be maybe more open when yes. their backs are up against the wall. And this article says nearly half of American adults believe that the coronavirus pandemic is a wake-up call from God. Half yeah. of Americans, that doesn't say half of Christians, half of conservatives, half of what evangelicals. Right, right half of Americans. So right from that into another good story I, I really um, appreciate. Um, I My wife and I sleep on pillows. We call it, hey, uh, did, uh, did you get your MyPillow.com? Um, CEO Mike Lindell is uh, shifting 75% of his production to make medical masks. And he took a lot of flags, so that's the good part of the story. God bless him and the private sector for doing things like this to help in this time of, of crisis in America. But then, oh, he went too far, Jan. He mentioned yeah. God, and he mentioned the fact he prays, and he kind of did a little, little preaching there, God bless him, uh, from his uh, platform at the White House, and he got attacked by the media. I would love to get your, your thoughts on that.
2: Well, you know, when did um, when did the... <laughs> Progressive movement start hating God. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I'm trying to think back in the Democrat Party, and I I think up until probably uh, 25 years ago, you had some um, some in Washington on the left who actually were met people of faith. But that that is long gone, and and now the hatred of God on the part of the left is just staggering. I didn't think I would live to see, I don't know why, I often say I don't. never thought I'd see the day, but the progressive to, progressives today, of course, worship government, and government must be God, and of course, government's going to fail every time, but they never learn, and the thing that concerns me is the more they keep moving left, and is it any wonder we currently still have running on the left Marxist Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders and yes. socialist Joe Biden, yeah. um, but these... this. This whole movement on the left have become God-haters, and, I mean, I think Christians who continue to support this need to really do some self-examination because the left hates us. They, they hate us. You know, they say they're going after Donald Trump, and that's true to a certain extent, but they're really going after all of us who are believers, mm-hmm. who have a faith in God, who believe in the supernatural, who believe in e- eternal life. Um, they are determined to to wipe us out and have a godless, quite frankly, one-world government empire, uh, which is going to be ruled by Antichrist. Mm-hmm. So folks, wake up. You can't be supporting this progressive movement. I mean, you, maybe you're a lifelong teacher, and you think you've got to support this movement. You can't do it if you're a believer. You just can't do it.
1: Uh, Jan, before we got on the air, uh, we were talking about how things were going here in the Midwest, in Wisconsin, and in, in Minnesota, and for you and for me, maybe we've got smaller ministries that we're a part of, and um, you know, it's business as usual. For, for us here, mm-hmm. we at, we all have our individual offices here at the, the ministry, uh, Q90FM, Stand Up for the Truth, and uh, for me, I'll, I'll be preaching this Sunday, a, a sermon about the triumphal entry, and And so I'm working on things normally, but I know a lot of people, uh, for a lot of people, their lives have been just flipped upside down, Mm. and um, God is using this. Um, Joel Rosenberg said Americans in near full lockdown are anxious, and understandably so, yet millions are turning to God, the Bible, and Christian sermons for the answers. Now, I would love for you to share your thoughts on this unprecedented time we're seeing with the Uh, technology that we have with every sermon, I mean, every pastor and religious leader and their brother and sometimes their wife, (laughs) they're all doing videos and sermons online. What are your thoughts on this time where we can maybe reach more people?
2: Well, I know that, you know, there's kind of a a pushback and a hatred for the capabilities that the so-called masters of the universe have, the tech world and Again, there are far-left progressives, they're God-haters, to be sure, <clears throat> but uh, look how God's using them, nonetheless, mm-hmm. because uh, what have we got left? We've got Christian radio, thankfully, that's a godsend, um, I think less so Christian television, which yeah. seems to be pretty polluted these days, Yes. Um, but, but we do have the online sources, and, and we've got the Facebook Live, we've certainly got the YouTube alternatives, and... and Whoever would have thought that here we are. I mean, 2020 started out fairly normal. I was enjoying the whole month of January in warm weather and ministering in Calvary Chapel churches on the West Coast. And uh, quite frankly, the day I returned home, which was uh, January 28th, is the day this all was kind of blossoming, uh, certainly in China. And even, Mm -hmm. uh, I I believe it was January 28th that the uh, Israeli peace plan was unveiled in Washington. And on January 29th, the president uh, acknowledged that we've got an issue here with coronavirus. Now, is there is there a connection between the peace deal and the corona? I think there's some connection. There's a whole lot more, including judgment on America and the world. But, but um, anyway, I'm not sure I answered your question, David. But I, I, I just think we're in staggering times. The Bible predicted perilous times in the in the last days. We're in the last days. Nothing should shock us. I think we should batten down the hatches and tap into technology. It's our, it's our friend and our enemy both. But right now it's doing a world of good. Let's just pray that the tech world continues to cooperate and doesn't yes. start banning of the truth.
1: And shutting us down. Excellent yeah. point, Jan. And also I just, before we take a break, we're with Jan Markell Understanding the Times Radio, which is on here every Saturday morning, but we, we need to remind people that they be discerning, because with all the numbers of sermons and messages going out over the internet, YouTube, Facebook, Live, everything yeah. else, there are some that are absolutely not biblical, and Jan, Amen. maybe we can talk about that a little afterward, but we do want to get into Um, The pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, when we come back, um, it's a birth pang. Is it a sign of the times? Maybe, maybe not. There's a lot of speculation on that from prophecy, from that standpoint.
0: More when we come back with Jan Markell. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Uh, we are
1: with Jan Markell, Understanding the Times Radio, Olive Tree Views. I keep forgetting to mention, if you want to email us, it is comments at standupforthetruth.com anytime, 24-7. Of course, we might not get it if you email right this moment. But um, Jan, other than saying the coronavirus pandemic is uh, birth pang, as prophesied, rather than a sign of the very end, do you have any further insights on that? On, on what, David? Whether uh, it's, some people say it's, this is like one of the last major signs, but oh. it seems to be more like a birth pang yep. as we're preparing for the end.
2: Yes, no, I would say it's a birth pang. And, you know, interestingly enough, and, and birth pangs, the Bible says they're going to intensify yes. and get more frequent as we get closer and closer to the rapture of the church um and interestingly enough i mean we just had a 6.5 magnitude earthquake in idaho two days ago we had one <clears throat> had one in utah a few days ago and it knocked the <coughs> the trumpet uh, that's right. off the top of the temple mormon temple in utah, salt lake city um yeah god's shaking the nations he's saying wake up i'm coming soon and and um he said the last days would be perilous well we're in perilous times right now um and these birth pangs come in all sorts of varieties we watched the agony of australia here over the over the winter Uh now that's eased up a little bit but now we're going to transfer some of the trauma to the other parts of the world we're on a aching broken planet mm-hmm. and um jesus said that all of this would intensify the closer it gets to his return, which I think is, you know, imminent any day.
1: Yes, it could be, and it's interesting you brought up that Mormon temple. Um, yeah. I I just forget there's there's so many different beliefs and so many different things in these cults and world religions. But do you know the significance of the uh, angel Moroni with the the trumpet? Is is he some sort of herald? Do you do you understand the significance of that? You know,
2: I I don't. But let me make a, a, a comparison because. In 2009, here in the Twin Cities, we were having the ELCA convention in downtown Minneapolis, and it was a nice day in August of '09. and I was driving down the freeway here, noticing what a lovely day it was. It was not a tornado day. And yet, that that noon, a tornado ripped through downtown Minneapolis, mm. and it went right to the church where... The ELCA convention was meeting in '09, and it ripped off the cross from. Wow. The, and that, that convention was a pagan convention. Wow. They were okaying the uh, homosexuality in the church, things like that. Um, the tornado ripped off the the cross from Central Lutheran Church where the ELCA convention was meeting in August of '09 went across the street, tore up the tent where the pastors were meeting to drink their beer, by the way. Um, (laughs) And I think there was was clearly a message Mm. in that particular tornado, just as there's a message in uh, taking the trumpet off of of the Mormon temple in Salt Lake City is all I'm saying. God uses these natural events.
1: Yes, these are little signs (laughs) maybe we can uh, just take note of. Um, God warns before yeah. he judges. And we most of us understand there have been a lot of warning signs. I think uh, generally Americans have ignored. Um, so we can speculate on that an- another time. But I do want to make a comparison before we talk about what may happen with the economy. How long could this go? Jan, in your newsletter recently came out, A World Turned Upside Down. Uh, you talk about the swine flu, the fact that, Uh, Ten years ago, 2009, 2010, the swine flu affected 61 million Americans and produced hardly any panic. And uh, President Obama, U.S. governors, nobody stepped in and shut things down. Sporting events went on. Uh, the, uh, The movie theaters remained open. Hollywood was in, you know, Disneyland wasn't affected and on and on and on. So it's a fascinating comparison to now. I mean, deaths are tragic, yes, but even the regular seasonal flu. I mean, thousands of people have died right. already, and yet here we are with the coronavirus. Uh, we, I don't know if we can pinpoint a day that it started coming into America, but it's been a couple months, and we're, yeah. at, we're at about 5,000 deaths, I think. Right, we um, are. So, but in, in light of that, and yesterday we mentioned on the air that think of the, the, those of us who want to protect and stand for life in the womb 3,000 abortions yesterday and 3,000 lives were eliminated. But Jan, let's let's move on now after we understand these comparisons and try to keep it all in perspective. We really don't have perspective economically. We weren't here during World War II or the Great Depression. All we have is now. How long do you think, and I know this is just what your thoughts and it's speculation, could we sustain this and come back as an economy, because we were very strong at the beginning of this year, thank God for uh, President Trump's policies and the economy and right. businesses and jobs. But now it's unprecedented uh, the th- the way things have been flipped. So what are your thoughts on what may well, happen?
2: Let me just say <clears throat> a couple of things. Uh, and as I said earlier, um, my guest for the next two weeks on radio is Michelle Bachman, and she's the one who has tremendous insight on this. She served in Congress from 07 to 2015, and um, we we go into this on air pretty extensively. This coming weekend, we spend most of the first program talking about the economic fallout from what's happening, and if the current situation, as we speak, David, if this current situation extends, I would say, probably much beyond mid-May, certainly end of May, with lockdown, businesses is shut, um, and there's going to be further stimulus. There's going to be more trillions that are going to be—that's money printed heavily. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be causing inflation. It's going to be causing economic havoc. I'm not sure we recover from this, and I'm not sure the Western world recovers from this. I, I just think we got to be realistic. I think then we have to look at okay, well, then what's behind this? And here's where we start to get a little bit tinfoil hat people uh, <laughs> when we start talking New World Order, mm-hmm. but it's a reality. Yes. There's a push for global government, um, and the globalists have wanted a crisis for a hundred years, probably a thousand years, but they've been a sophisticated organization, a sophisticated effort for a hundred years. And now they have their crisis, and I believe that what could come out of this—however, the Church is going to be gone for that tribulation—what could come out of this would be a Mr. Fix-It, a man with a plan, Mm -hmm. who's going to come on the scene and say, and who knows, this could be when America and the rest of the world is in a meltdown situation because of wrecked economies, because of um, businesses are closing. As, if they're going to close, they're probably not going to reopen. <clears throat> Businesses are being ruined as we speak, and we're only into this a month. So you put another month or two months on this, and it's it's very difficult to imagine recovering from this. I think certain industries, even Christian ministries, are going to be wiped out from this. I talked to some mm-hmm. pastors this week. Um, they know they're going to lose their church. Now that's very tragic in, in the Pastors I spoke to, they're solid. <clears throat> they're preaching the truth, but they their people are being um, have lost their jobs. They can't tithe. Mm. Uh, the money is not coming in. Let's just be honest. Those churches won't recover. Ministries won't recover. Now that's the worst case scenario. Can God turn all of this around? Sure. Yes. We just don't know. <clears throat> we we don't know how late the hour is. I believe it's so late that I think that the new world order crowd is going to move in and seize this opportunity.
1: Your prophecy colleague, one of your many <laughs> prophecy colleagues, Todd mm-hmm. Hampson, uh, yeah. said the this is a birth pain. It mm-hmm. happens to be one that the entire world is feeling, not just one country or Israel or North America, right. but uh, he said he talked about increased intensity and mentioned um everything that's been shaken sports, financial markets, distractions, right. hobbies, concerts, schools. And now he said, quote, those things aren't bad in themselves, but it's as if God is removing any distractions for a moment in Mm -hmm. history to plead with the world again, look up, look to me. This world is temporary. Think about eternal things. I love you. I died for you. Please don't ignore Mm -hmm. me. Turn to me while there is still time. And then he said, if one rapidly, just one, rapidly spreading virus can cause this type of global disruption. Can you imagine what the rapture will do when tens of millions are removed from the world in an instant? Jan, I'd I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, because I don't think we think about that, what the effect of the the rapture and the saints (laughs) being caught up. I don't think we think about what happens the second or the minute after we're gone.
2: Yeah, and if you look at some of the well, mild chaos that we have right now, I think this mild chaos could get a whole lot more intense. But then if you want to throw, let's just throw the rapture into the mix, and suddenly there are millions of missing people. Again, that's going to, the world is going to plead for for answers, and the Antichrist is going to come along, and he's, say, he's going to tell them, I have all the answers, if you'll just follow me, if you'll just take this mark that I want you to have, and then you can buy and sell, and... The stores will be open. I'll make sure that they all the shelves are filled. And you don't think people won't rush to this? Per- now again, that my ministry teaches, as does Todd, uh, that the church is gone when when this antichrist man appears uh, as the Mister Fixit on the planet. Um, but if in fact all of that could be in the coming weeks, again, the plea of ministries like mine is people get your hearts right you know turn to Jesus Christ repent of your sins turn to him as your lord and savior so that you too go in the rapture of the church and escape the terrible time of seven year purging you know there was a time during Noah's time uh, David where God finally said enough I I'm looking at the wickedness of this world and I I'm pulling the plug and um, I I'm going to wipe it out there's coming another time, and it's going to be, I think, in our generation and could be any day, when when God is going to say, enough of drag queen story hour, <laughs> enough of trying to lure little children into homosexuality, mm. enough of this evil, I'm going to rescue my church, take it out of the, this world, and I'm going to judge once again the planet for seven years, I'm going to purge it from these evildoers, and that will be followed then by the second coming at the end of that tribulation and the mm-hmm. establishment of the thousand years of perfect uh, peace on earth. So we need to look at things from e- an eternal perspective, and I hope that your listeners are doing that.
1: And I hope so too, Jan, and yet in, in your letter, very it's very sobering, the fact that, as you say, most, most churches don't get it. They're majoring in the minors. Yeah. Uh, they very rarely, many churches, we're generalizing now, not all, uh, many, maybe most, don't speak a lot about end-time issues, about Bible prophecy. They don't teach what happens. They're not discipling. There's a big problem with with the church watering down the gospel and the seeker-sensitive sermons and right. the topical sermons on you know, how to live your best life now. I know that's a stab at Joel Osteen, but it's it's a fact that a lot of pastors want to give people... They want to make them feel good. They want to give them the fluff. But yet there are things happening all around us that should be concerning and alarming. America could be compared to the Church in Laodicea in Revelation oh, chapter yes. 3.
2: Yes, and and going back to your comment about uh, the silence of the Churches, only 2%, according to Lifeway Research, only 2% will talk about these issues of end-time significance and importance because they feel it won't fill the pews and the offering plates and it's perhaps bad news will be a downer and will discourage people instead of offering them their best life now well you know what what's joel osteen thinking today is this the best life now is the future for perhaps for the next year um if in fact businesses continue to shutter and people continue to have no income. Mm-hmm. Is this your best life now, Joel Osteen? Yeah. I mean, these prosperity preachers eventually are proved wrong, mm. but not until they do enormous damage.
1: Wow, and that's so sad, and I didn't realize the percentage was that low, yeah. Jan. Um, we've got about five minutes left with you. Um, we're so thankful for your time and for your wisdom and all the years of, of ministry you've done. What a blessing to so many people across the nation, around the world. Uh, we have a a, a media in this nation worldwide really but the mainstream democrat media here in the states have been practically beating war drums uh, against uh, Donald Trump while uh, formerly reputable news sources now seem to be capitalizing on the sensationalism I know it's all about attracting viewers but Tucker Carlson other people that used to report I mean I'm not saying he he's uh, unfair asking questions is great but even he has been sensationalizing a little bit, and others. Uh, the Drudge Report. Don't yeah. I listeners do not go to the Drudge Report unless you want a sobering, almost like a heaviness come over you by all the yeah. alarmism, the headlines. Jen, talk about what's what's happening in the media and how people need to keep that balanced perspective of that you mentioned earlier, the eternal perspective.
2: <clears throat> well, you're right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, <clears throat> Matt Drudge sold his website, I, I'm not sure when, a couple of years ago, I think, and it suddenly became oh, just a, wow. kind of a rag now, and you're <laughs> right, I think people shouldn't go there, because there are a lot of good alternatives. But <clears throat> I, I think that we, again, we need to keep that eternal perspective. I think we need to be going to sources that are going to be uplifting. Your programs Stand Up For The Truth, but there are good sources out there. I mean, we can tune in to a lot of the teachers that have come along here in the last uh, 10 years or so, and with this wonderful both on-air and online teaching. Um, I think that there's still some excellent Christian radio programming. I mean, I think James Dobson and others is continuing to tell the truth.
1: Jack Hidd. Wonderful
2: online teaching Mm of J.D. Farag and others. Um, And and, um, I, I just think that we've got to maintain that eternal perspective, and And be sharing the gospel, because this is a time, as I related that story a few minutes ago, a time like no other where people are listening. David, Mm -hmm. you and I don't know what what the World War II generation went went through. Thank Mm -hmm. God we don't. But it was sort of a time like this where Mm -hmm. there was deprivation, where people sacrificed, where people thought first of God and country, and and of course all that's old fashioned now. But but I just think that we need to maintain our biblical, conservative values and and pray for our, our churches, that they're going to stand firm and stand fast yes. and and not cave in this yes. uh, time of, of trial. As I said earlier, some know they're going to fold because their people no longer have money to tithe. Hmm. So I think we need to be praying about all these things. God's going to use this. He's going to redeem the time. He always redeems the time, and you know we could give story after story of how he does that. He's going to use this for his glory, I know. So I'm looking up. I know that my redemption draws nigh.
1: Amen. Thank you, Jan. Set your heart on things above, your mind on things above, and we know that we are awaiting that blessed hope. Uh, We thank you for your time today. Uh, God bless you you and and keep you healthy and strengthen you physically and heighten your immune system and all those good things in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jan Markell. Thank
2: you, Thanks for all you do. God bless you. Bye now. Oh, what
1: a what uh, a blessing to be able to talk to someone like Jan, who's been in ministry for so long and has done so much for people and uh, over the years, just trying to strengthen the body of Christ and get get us to look in the right places. But we've got a couple stories we want to cover when we come back. Thank
0: you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo.
1: just want to remind you, if you are in a state like Wisconsin or other places, Places that have elections coming up, we have a primary, um, April fifth or seventh, I don't remember. But this is the last day to request your absentee ballot. Mine's in the mail. I voted. I hope you guys do too. I think some polls will be open, by the way. I don't know how they're going to regulate that, letting people in maybe one or two at a time and keeping them separate. I'm sure the voting uh, machines are you know six feet or more apart. But remember, there's a lot of states uh, across the country that have these primaries. This is a very important one, particularly for Wisconsin and the Supreme Court seat that's up for grabs. Um, uh, I voted for Dan Kelly uh, for the Supreme Court. He's pro-life. I think he's backed by Wisconsin Family Council and pro-life organizations. Well, I just for- forgotten. I blanked on the woman who's running for the seat. I forgot about her, but I think she is uh, black by- backed by Planned Parenthood and others so just remember to g- get your ballots if you haven't request them today uh, then you got to get that in the mail quickly it might be um, you might be cutting it close but also uh, along the same lines here 40 days for life is going on through April 5th and that means there are people in your city if there's a planned parenthood clinic an abortion business um, or a, a an abortion mill that's not named planned parenthood might be called health clinic but uh, you know, it has little to do with health. Um, people are boycotting. What do I mean by that? They're just peacefully praying, most of the time silently, walking out on the public sidewalk in front of these abortion clinics across the country as part of 40 Days for Life. Um, it happens every year. Campaign that aims to raise awareness and hopefully someday end abortion locally through prayer, prayer fasting and community outreach. It's a peaceful, all-day prayer vigil in front of abortion businesses. So that is still going on uh, until April 5th, so a couple more days for that. Now, there's a couple things, two articles I wanted to get to. Uh, One of them, (laughs) so disappointing, I think the New York Times started this. I hope you don't uh, uh, buy into what they write about. Um, COVID-19, the media is blaming evangelicals for spreading the coronavirus how does that work well you know if they can blame trump for everything <laughs> you know they can blame evangelicals who put him in office for the most part but it's it's just really amazing you know the ancient pagans of rome as their society fell apart they blamed christians nero blamed christians for the burning of rome so now several media organizations are focusing on how uh, large mega churches around the country are meeting. some of them are continuing to meet and some of them might not be classified as mega churches, but there are churches that continue to meet. particularly there's one in New Orleans I guess where the virus is now considered a hot spot down there. Um, President Trump announced, I think this was last week that his administration was extending the social distancing guidelines for the entire month of April. Um, no, this was a couple days ago. Anyway, uh, to watch for, what the governors are going to do when some state governors, for example, New York City, not the governor, but the mayor, Bill de Blasio, he already warned pastors to shut down their churches or else. He's going to find them. He will send them to prison. Um, so governors and mayors are going to take their position state by state now on this. It's very It's a fascinating time we're living in but remember the reason for doing things is to avoid the spread of the coronavirus and, and public health concerns in scripture in acts chapter 4 and 5 what were the d- disciples we, we famously quote peter and the disciples saying we must obey god rather than men but what was the context of that they were ordered not to preach the gospel. They were ordered not to speak in the name of Jesus. We can speak in the name of Jesus. These governors are saying, don't meet with more than 10 people in your church, so this thing won't spread. But you have to balance this out. This could be an opportunity for some to take more power. And, you know, there's we already have big government in America. Some will use this crisis, as Jan Markell mentioned. We've shared that quote a lot. The Democrats believe Never let a serious crisis go to waste. So they are using this. So, church, we need to obey governing authorities. Pray for those in power. Whether you voted for Donald Trump or not, pray for him, for wisdom. It's just unbelievable how some will want him to fail and this coronavirus to just tank the economy so that maybe they'll get Joe Biden elected in November. That's actually so irresponsible to me. I would have never... Prayed for President Obama to fail, though I disagreed with 90% of his policies. And what he did, I believe he did a, a ton of damage to America. But I would never have prayed for people to die, for the economy to tank, for people to lose jobs. Anyway, I got off on a little tangent there. Sorry, my passion got the best of me. Next story, Revelation 13, 6 and 7 says this. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he had the mark or the number of his name. Number of the beast. Fascinating article over at Harbinger's Daily. I don't know a lot about this, but I'm reading it right here Live, with you, ID2020. Have you heard about that? It's a certification mark. The global call for a digital ID. There is a clear, concerted effort on an international scale to provide a new device-free form of digital ID, starting with displaced and impoverished areas, as a pilot and will soon move to be scaled internationally. Now, in Revelation 13, the Bible describes that beast who will have the power over uh, kindreds and tongues and nations and all them that dwell on the earth, and he would cause everyone to take a mark or a number that without it you cannot buy or sell. So what would it take to mark and number every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth, that without this mark, you cannot do business. You cannot, maybe at one point in the future, buy food. You can't buy, you can't sell. So we can conclude that we would need a one-world form of government, a new uni- universal way of identifying every human being on the earth, and a global economic system would need to be in place with a digital currency, that is both cashless and deviceless. This stuff is just fascinating to me, guys, because we know Bible prophecy. We know we are things are falling into place. They're not falling apart. They're falling into place. To quote many, including uh, Jan Markell. So in September 2015, well, let me go back here a little bit in this article. Microsoft, um, the Rockefeller Foundation. The U.N. Office of Information Communications Technology, uh, the U.N. Refugee Agency, the International Telecommunication Union, um, GAVI, G-A-V-I, Global Alliance of Vaccines and Immunizations. This was at the end of last year. There was an annual summit hosted by the ID2020 Alliance accelerating technology to ensure that everyone in need has access to a unique digital identity as part of their basic human right. So that's how they're selling this. It's, it's amazing. I never thought we would be at this place here in America and around the world, but it's very interesting to me. Um, four years before, in 2015, the UN adopted the uh, Sustainable Development Goals Uh, 2030 Sustainable uh, Development Goals, which stressed its commitment to provide legal identity for all, including birth registration by the year 2030. Skipping down because there's so much in this article to digest, up until now, an international digital identification system would have been unheard of with the amount of economically and technologically undeveloped corners of the world with an economic drive to get everyone vaccinated, GAVI, Global Alliance of Vaccines and Immunizations, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation play a pivotal role in the ID2020 Alliance's mission. Fascinating. Coming out of Rice University, there's new technology labeled the Quantum Dot Tattoo. This tag, Quantum Dot Tattoo, Consists of tiny micro needles that deliver a vaccine, dissolves the sugar based needles, and leaves behind a mark or a barcode like tattoo. This mark leaves a record of the vaccine that had been received through an infrared like dye pattern that can be read by a customized smartphone. Are you guys getting me? This, this is amazing. Are you following this? Uh, they are the first platform that combines biometric identity with a digital wallet. Very fascinating. Everchain um, with a multi-currency wallet, EverWallet, and a native biometric identity system, Ever ID. Wow. A complete solution for a new economy. So see, they, they are going to use this crisis if it comes to that point. Um, Going down further in the article, as organizations like these scale their technologies built for a, quote, new economy, um, other projects have been announced to expand the outreach of the ID2020 agenda into new areas. Um, Never has there been in human history such an aggressive, coordinated effort to create a mark that will identify every person on an international scale and link this mark to one's ability to buy and sell, this certification mark. So ID 2020. The mark of the beast is not in effect yet, friends, but um, the evidence shows that the building blocks are well positioned. We will put a link to this article in today's podcast post at StandUpForTheTruth.com. I will be uh, teaching this Sunday If you're on Facebook Live, so many people and their brother are watching some online sermon. My wife and I typically get three sermons in on a Sunday morning now. Uh, If you want to tune in, go to uh, Freedom Fellowship Church uh, Facebook, and they will have a Facebook Live of my message on the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, how impact events like that changed the world. Jesus' entry, his death, burial, resurrection— but his determination to make make his way to the cross. That's what we're going to talk about Sunday because they all shouted when he came into town, Hosanna, Lord save, Hosanna in the highest, Son of David, Hosanna. But then days later, they shouted, crucify him. They wanted a king then and now. They wanted him to take up power and authority then. But that wasn't his plan because the cross had to come before the kingdom. We'll tell you about today, or tomorrow's guest on Stand Up For The Truth when we come back.
0: Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth.
1: And uh, I want to plug another uh, video, uh, five-minute video over at freedomproject.com. Uh, Freedom Project Media, we did a little video um, uh, Tuesday about uh, the king is coming. And uh, just a little teaser to this season that we're entering into, Easter, uh, Palm Sunday, the resurrection that we celebrate year-round, but we particularly celebrate it on Easter Sunday. Um, Tomorrow's guest, Todd Nettleton of Voice of the Martyrs. Um, The website is persecution.com. And um, I just want, I'm going over to their page here because I know they post so many great things. They had something about praying for China earlier. You know, there is a church there. Remember, we have family. You and I, as believers in Christ, we have family over in China. So remember to pray for them, and um, they are just so good at keeping us up to speed on what's happening. Their contacts in the underground church are amazing. So let me share this prayer for Chinese Christians. Lord, you see, the, and, and any underground church in these restricted nations around the world, but particularly with China. Lord, you see the tears of your people. Comfort them and grant them mutual love and the communion of saints in these difficult times. Bless each believer under persecution with a reverent fear of you so they will not fear earthly powers. Give believers behind bars the confidence and strength to be as bold as Peter and Paul. Guard them against hate and resentment. Father, keep Christians who are frightened from losing heart. Guide those who are under pressure with the voice of your Holy Spirit so they will know which way to turn. Reveal yourself to those in power, even to the president, to communist officials, to police officers around the globe and others, and turn them to the truth in Jesus' name. Um, There's a little bit more to the prayer, but Voice of the Martyrs USA on Facebook, V-O-M-U-S-A. And tomorrow on Stand for the Truth, our special guest, Todd Nettleton, an update. uh, If you want to check out the website, persecution.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Share the podcast, please, please, please. And God bless you. Keep speaking the truth about things that matter.